Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, hey, welcome back. I'm Chris Shandro, the pastor at Compass. Thank you for joining me today. A couple of months ago, I had a full body seizure for the very first time in my life on the floor of my kitchen. Now, it was alarming, to say the least, because I had no idea it was coming. I don't remember it at all, and I, I have no idea what triggered it. And since then, I've been diagnosed with epilepsy, which is, it's fine because I'm on pills and the pills seem to be treating it really well. But the really big downside is that I'm not allowed to drive for three to six months. Now, you may not know me well, but I'm a bit of a control freak. I like to be in control of things and I don't like it when I'm not. So here I am with this neurological disorder that basically makes my own body completely out of my control, and it makes me dependent on other people to drive me around like a little kid. My wife, Terry, she, honestly, I think she hates it almost as much as I do because I've had a hard time not commenting when she doesn't drive the way that I would. Now, I know she deserves way more pity than me in this scenario, but not fully feeling in control of my own body or being in control of being able to drive to Starbucks for coffee has been frustrating for me to say the least. And I know that you get this. We all do because we all have areas of life where control is really important to us. Maybe you hate having group assignments at work or school because you know you have no control over what other people are gonna do or not do. Uh, maybe you're a person who reloads the dishwasher after someone else has done it the wrong way. Maybe it drives you crazy when people leave their shoes all over the house rather than putting them in the closet where they go. Just so you know, these are all real life examples from my house, by the way. But whether it's a lot or a little, we all have areas of life where we need control. It allows us to build the life that we want to live, to be in control of that. And that's what we're gonna talk about as we wrap up the parable of the sower. So let's recap the story Jesus told so that we can see what he has to say as he illustrates the kingdom of God here in Matthew chapter 13. Start on verse three. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. And still, other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So this is what Jesus is doing. To show people what the kingdom of God is like, Jesus told stories. He used parables to illustrate who God was, what his kingdom was like, what the people who would live and be part of his kingdom would be like. And, and here, to show people what the kingdom of God is like, Jesus tells the story of a farmer planting seeds on four different types of soil. Now, we've talked about this parable for the last several weeks from a lot of different angles. And... If you want to have a full picture, I would really recommend going back and checking out the messages uh, that came before this in the Planted Message series online. But there are a few things from Jesus's explanation of this parable that we need to be aware of. And the first 
is that the seed Jesus is talking about is his message about the kingdom of God. The message that God sees you, God loves you, and he wants to restore what sin has damaged both in us and in our world. It's the message that God is doing a new thing through Jesus to redeem everyone and everything back to order and back to life. That a new kingdom is breaking into the world and that Jesus is its king. That's the first thing. That's what the seed is. Second thing to be aware of is that each of these four types of soil that Jesus talks about, three bad and one good, they represent people and how people respond to the message of the kingdom of God. Three respond poorly and only one responds well. I know that this is a timeless story, but I need to point out something very frustrating here, at least to me. No one in the story has any control over anything. Apart from the sower who's throwing seeds onto all the soil, which the people who are represented by the soil, they have no control. They're presented as either good soil or bad soil, as if what you are is what you are and you can't change. Most good parables have a moral that prescribes a change that you can make. Take the boy who cried wolf, for example. The moral of that story is that if you are always uh, complaining about bad things happening to you when they aren't, people won't believe you when something bad actually happens. So the moral of the story actually prescribes a change in behavior that you can apply to your life in order to be better. And in this case, you know, only alert people to bad things that you are certain of if you want to be taken seriously. But Jesus doesn't do that in the story. There's no moral. He just describes the soil types. And he never actually tells us how to be good soil. And what are we supposed to do with that? <clears throat> Again, it's, it's like... It's like here we have no control over what type of soil we are. We have no control over being able to change it. I mean, the thorny and rocky soil, they're choked out by the stresses of life that are fighting for our attention. And again, we have no control over these things. I can't stop someone from being sick or losing a job or having to pay their bills. I can't control the quality of a marriage or, or control the special needs of someone's kids. And Jesus doesn't tell us how to control those things here in the, the parts about the rocky and thorny soil. And the craziest thing is that even while the good soil is fruitful, which is the goal of the kingdom of God in our lives, we can't even control that. I mean, look at this in Matthew 13, 23. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Some soil produced a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much had been planted, which is awesome. I mean, that's fruitfulness. <clears throat> but there's a big difference between a 30 times increase and a 100 times increase. How do we get to 100 from 30? How do we get to be the bigger number? How do we get to that level of fruitfulness? And Jesus doesn't say. Even when we live good and fruitful lives, we have no control over how fruitful they are and what it's even going to look like. The truth is that there's almost no moral for us to live by in the parable of the sower. But there's one thing, one quality of the good soil that we should take note of. So look at Matthew 13, 23 again. <clears throat> the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word 
and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Everyone in the story that Jesus told, they heard the word. They had the seed, right? But in Jesus' explanation, the thing that sets apart the good soil from the three types of bad soil is that the good soil person heard and understood God's word. This is a challenging thought when you think about it. I mean, does it seem fair that some people can't control whether or not they understand the gospel when they hear it? I mean, I, I understand music really well, but I can't bake a cake to save my life. I just don't get baking the way that I get music. Does that make me dumb? Maybe. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, it just means that I'm wired to understand certain things and not others. I can't control that. And if we can't control whether or not we understand the kingdom of God, and if understanding the kingdom of God is what makes us good or bad, what do we do with that? If I can't control what happens in my life, or how the gospel is shared with me, or my ability to understand it, what can I control? Well, it's hard to see. There is one thing at both the beginning and the end of his parable that Jesus prescribed for us to do. And look at this, Matthew 13, 3. Jesus said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. In verse 9, he says at the end of it, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Listen. Jesus called his audience to listen, to pay attention, to consider what he was saying. The parable of the sower describes how the kingdom of God works. But Jesus prescribed what we should do before he even said once upon a time, and it was to listen. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 12 through 13. He says, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. <clears throat> How we listen is different than how we hear. Everyone heard the message in the story, but it was those who listened who had full and fruitful lives. They were blessed because of how they listened to, how they considered, held on to, and how they kept going back to the message of the gospel. Throughout this story and its explanation, Jesus kept calling his followers to listen. And the reason is, and this is our big takeaway today, the kingdom of God grows in our lives based on how we listen. Go back with me to the people Jesus described. The hard path people, they heard the message, but they never listened because their hearts were hard and they didn't think they needed the message. The thorny and rocky soil people, they heard and they listened to the message and the message took root in their lives. But the stresses, and challenges and priorities of life came in, and then they overwhelmed that message, made it hard to listen to. Why? It wasn't because they didn't believe the message, but because they stopped listening and they stopped attending to the message. As a result, the message was drowned out by all of the other things that they listened to and all the other things they focused on. And we need to understand that the message is everything. 
Romans 10, 13 through 17 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. Faith and salvation, these things that are at the core of Christianity, they come from hearing the message, the good news about Jesus. Jesus said this in John 6, 63, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Jesus said, the words I have spoken are spirit and life. The words that you heard from me. The message, the story that was shared, heard, and listened to. Look at what the Apostle Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3. He says, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the, the Holy Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. Do you have a relationship with God because you did all the right things and followed all of the right religious rules? Of course not. You have a relationship with God because you heard a message and you listened to it and you believed it. And then finally, Jesus says this in John 5, verse 24. He says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. And I assure you that the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when the dead will hear my voice the voice of the Son of God, and get this, and those who listen will live. Those who are spiritually dead, when they hear my voice and listen, they will live. Being unable to drive, I have learned some things. Uh, I've learned that I can't control the car from the passenger seat. I can't make Terry go faster or slower or take the route that I would have taken because all of that external stuff is beyond my control. But I've learned what I can control. I can control my response. I can keep my mouth shut instead of telling her how and where to drive. I can control my willingness to be dependent. And it's the same with the kingdom of God. We can't control the external things of life, but we can control the one thing that is most important, how we listen to the message of Jesus, the very thing that brings us life. Jesus didn't come to demand that you be good or that you follow some religious law. He came to ask you to listen to a message, to attend to that message, and to reflect on that message consistently throughout your life, to allow it to be the voice that you focus on when so many other voices are fighting for your attention. You don't have to control what happens to you or the pressures of life or even whether, whether or not you are good soil. But you can control how you listen to 
and attend to the message of Jesus. We have no control over life. Only God does. We can't control our problems, our pressures, or our obligations. We can't control how fruitful we are. Jesus gives no indication that we can even control which kind of soil we are. All we can control is how we hear the message and what we do with it. So today I want to challenge you to listen, whatever that looks like for you, to let the message and the story of Jesus be something that you come back to, reflect on, and think about every day. Let it be the touchstone of your life. And may the seed of the gospel continue to grow and bear fruit in our lives as we embrace its message every day. What is the kingdom of God like? It's like a farmer planting seed that transforms the soil that embraces it. It's like a story that always has something new and surprising to discover the more we listen and reflect on it. Thanks for joining me, and I will see you next time. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.